0: Hello, you play to win the game. When you start telling me it doesn't matter. Get out. Cause it matters. Play to win. That's the name of the game. It's your boy William Play to Win Podcast. Yes. Sir so glad that i picked up the mic again i have to go back to the roots and as much as i enjoy watching sports all kinds of sports hockey basketball football i enjoy talking sports as well welcome to play to win podcast while the thrill of the game is the art of conversation you can be a diehard fan someone who watches sports occasionally or someone who watches for us by force due to a significant you know what i love so much about this time of the year the end of the year the beginning of a new one so i wanted to come check in with y'all a little bit just telling you what was going on lately so this is division week right now just got off the wild card weekend it ain't no coincidence it is called wild card weekend because a lot of wild shit goes down From surprises, upsets, things that were perceived as contenders, falling off. That's what I love about the playoffs, man. This is where we separate the goon from the goblin. The wolf from the sheep. Because it's a new season. Nobody cares about what happened in the regular season. It's a new season. So welcome to this new episode. WCW. It's not for Women Crush Wednesday, it stands for Wild Card Weekend. As you're about to join me with the roller coaster of emotions, we're just going to break down the few matchups that we had. It's going to go back to back pick sixes. Houston, you have no problem with this defense. First surprise of the weekend came out of the first game. Not gonna lie, I picked the Browns to win, but I was not ready for what I saw thinking, well, OG Flacco, undefeated in the wild card. He'll be able to get shit done. Bullish I was CJ is the reason why they are in this position. She's just special. Down 14 10, Houston turned up in the second quarter. All they needed was one play. 76 yards later, they were in the end zone. And couldn't believe how I saw CJ dismantle that Brown defense. Play with his strengths. All they had to do was do a lot of play action, get out the pocket, buy time, and let the players go downfield. A rookie quarterback throw the deep ball that well. Oh, man. He had a crazy rollout to the right. He yeah, all the time in the world threw a perfect deep ball to shorts. Next thing you know now, it's 24-14. 24 points against the Browns' defense. That was crazy. Still a 10-point game. Still manageable for a comeback. In the third quarter, the Browns managed to move the ball a little bit. But this is where the game was sealed. Baco drops back. Pockets collapse. doesn't know what to do. This man... Just throw the ball away, not knowing where it's going. And he threw it to the opposition. The guy picks it. Not only he picks it, but he took it down the house. Took it down the house. So now it's 31-14. And one thing you cannot do is follow a bad decision by another bad decision. Next drive, couple plays. What he do? What Flacco do? He throws another pick. He threw another pick six to the house. 38 14 ball game. That was it. Complete domination by the Houston Texans. Nothing that the Browns could do in the second half. They didn't score a single point. And with that, CJ Stroud became the youngest quarterback to start and to win a playoff game, beating Michael's Vick record at 22 years of age. He showed it all year during the regular season. But even on the biggest stage, on his first game as a rookie, he showed why he's him, elite. The great win, 45-14. More than four, Mahomes. Now going to have to make a play. (laughs) And nobody does it better than him. There goes Mahomes. Side 10, first goal, vintage Patrick second matchup that we had on that Saturday was the Dolphins against the Chiefs. That was the second matchup played together earlier in the year in Germany. That's also the second time that Tyreek faces his old team, but the first time that he is back in our head stadium in Kansas City. It's one of the coldest games minus 20 degrees. Well, minus four, fine height. But we're in Canada here, so we in degrees. That game was just boring as hell. In Miami couldn't move the ball. They couldn't run. They couldn't pass. It was over 10 yards. It was all bubble screens and low passes. No productivity on offense. They had one big play. That was that Tyreek touchdown. And even with that, who had underthrew him, he had to come back, catch the ball, break a couple tackles, and finish his run in the end. Complete domination by the Chiefs, leading by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift was there. All year we heard about Miami. Miami this, Miami that. How they were able to finally rise up in the AFC. They had an opportunity, Week 18, to win their division. By just beating the Bills, they couldn't do that. Another loss against a winning team. Couldn't run. Couldn't throw did not do anything downfield. And really with that game, Tua got exposed. See, the playoffs is just like the the next class after an exam. You get all the answers. And we see what it is with Tua. Good quarterback who can play in the system with good playmakers. But he cannot get you over the hump. He's a jag, just a guy. Compared to Mahomes, who is that guy. Even if it was freezing. Talk about freezing. So much, if you can take a look at Andy Reid's mustache, that shit was frozen. It was so cold that night. that paramedics had to rescue a couple of people in the crowd. What they wouldn't do for a football game. It was just a great game uh, in terms of execution for the Chiefs and Mahomes. Like I said, over 260 yards. Then we had playoff Kelsey. and we had Pacheco. Dominated in the running game, had over 20 carries. And finally, for the Chiefs, they were able to resolve the issue. one of the issues that they had all year when it comes to a number one receiver. Rasheed Weiss is their number one receiver. And they just picked apart the third corner in the slot, had over 100 yards, 150 yards actually. And that's all they needed to do with the win my goodness this dallas crowd is in shock and we had the game of the week was the green bay packers against the dallas cowboys once again is the meet in the playoff third time since 2015 and all the games were remembered 2015 we had the des catch that was a catch in 2017, man, we had that James Good sideline catch from an amazing throw from Aaron Rodgers down the side. Fast forward to 2024. Mike McCarthy is now the coach of the Cowboys. The Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers. They have Matt Lafleur and Jordan Love as quarterback. After sitting down three years behind Aaron Rodgers, Fred in Love finally gets his chance to lead the Packers. And for a first year, they already deserves some props. Now that we're facing the big boys, the Cowboys, and even with them being the youngest team, they act like they've been there before. What's good about when you have no pressure and you have a young team, you don't know what you don't know. So you kind of have free mindset in approaching the game. And not being tense. Compared to the Cowboys, it's SOB, Super Bowl A bus. Seen that story before. Cowboys have a great season, all the hype. Now when it gets down to the playoff, it's different. Packers are the second surprise. I'm not gonna lie. On the first drive, the first drive, I was scared. Second play in the game. Jordan Love drops back, stays in the pocket. It's not faced by the pressure. Off the back foot, throws it down the field to Romeo Dobbs. We've seen that before. Quarterback drops back, look left and right, looking for the open player. And just with a flick of the wrist, his back foot finds an open guy. We've seen that before. We know where he learned that shit. Just with that play, the Packers were able to break the ice and get settled for the rest of the game. They had Aaron Jones in the backfield, fully healthy. He's from Texas. what been telling me, watch out for Aaron Jones. The last time he played the Cowboys, he had four touchdowns. So the Packers are driving down the field, and who scored the first touchdown? Aaron Jones. Now it's seven-zip Packers. Okay. To what six seven minutes of play, no problem. Cowboys get the ball back, they get a first down. On well, third down, there's a drop by CD. And as I'm looking at the game, I'm seeing like something's off, man. Just CD by his body language. Then I'm seeing Mike McCarthy at the bench go and talk to him. You could tell that they were tense and there was pressure, a lot of nervousness. Cowboys back in their territory. Dak Prescott, for some reason, he forces a ball on a slant. Gets picked off by Jari Alexander. He returns that shit for six. I'm like, oh, man, looks 14-zip just like that. But glad for them he was down by contact. But I didn't change shit. Green Bay got the ball, drive, touchdown. They only needed 15 yards anyways. Second touchdown by Aaron Jones. After 16 minutes of place, 14 0 to the Packers. Damn, I'm on the phone with WAP. This guy is jumping left and right, can't stop screaming I'm about that cheese head and all that shit. We don't need a rod in love, I trust. That shit was amazing. But for, for Cowboy Nation, that was tough. Then the next drive, the Cowboys, okay, still, still get, can get the job done. They drive down the field. They're in field goal position. I don't know why Dak just being retarded on third down. Instead of just throwing the ball away, on third down, you're in field goal position. You cannot take a sack. What he do? He takes a sack. Now they're out of field goal range. They have to punt. Green Bay, they drive down the field again. Jordan Love off that back foot find the receiver in the seam route down the middle. They missed the extra points, so it's 20-0 now. We're in the second quarter. Less than three minutes to the first half is 20-0. Chaos at AT&T Stadium. Like, everybody thought they were dreaming, have a nightmare. No, no, no. This is real life. This is really happening. You're down 20-0 to zero against the Green Bay fucking Packers. Couldn't believe it. Blown away. The big Dallas to win. I think it was off. It was dead. Lost some money right there. In 20 minutes, it was done. But 20-0, there's still hope. Less than three minutes. Cowboys get the ball at half so they can still manage to, you know, get going, score some points before the half, score another one. And oh, man. Down 20 I thought that was the worst position Dallas could put themselves. That 20 zip. Dak couldn't get the ball to CD. Footage when they were seeing Dak and CD talking a little bit, that kind of let him know, okay, I got you. I'm going to get you the ball. Packers defense know that. Darnell Savage peeped that. Dak drops back. He's only looking at CD right now, only looking at Lamb. Defender sees that, jumped the route, picked it all, and run that shit back for six. Savage. 27-0. It's the first half. Watt felt like he won the Super Bowl right there. All that talk. Talk about the Cowboys are the best team in the league. We're the number one offense. We're undefeated at home. They won 16 straight game at home, and this year they averaged 37 points per game at home. It's 27 to zero. Couldn't believe that shit. So basically, all that talk was just extra weight that they couldn't carry it in the playoff. And that game was done right there. Yeah, they managed to score right before the half, whatsoever, but they couldn't stop the bleeding. The defense was being dismantled by Aaron Jones and Jordan Love. Jordan Love literally plays the best game of his life. Command of his offense. He had the young receiving flying left and right. Gilmore was getting cross. He couldn't do shit. Even on broken plays, he's able to find Romeo Dobbs wide open. The guy catched the ball in a five-yard radius. There's no defender. How the fuck? This guy gets tied wide open. I don't know. I don't crazy to me. So he found Dobbs downfield. They score again. Oh, man. that they had their wheel route by the tight end. He was so wide open. I don't know his name. Not sure. But number 88. Could imagine the Cowboys losing this game. I wouldn't be surprised. They have disappointed us before. They get destroyed that way. Total humiliation. No energy. No heart. They weren't cohesive, no nothing. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. They let Jordan Love, Jordan Love, push the ball down the field, all four quarters. They even put the backup in. It was so bad. They were just not prepared. Even Mike McCarty said it after the game, they were not prepared. They were not ready for what was coming for them. They literally went to a gunfight with Nice. That's it. They thought they would just stick out their knives and they were able to win this matchup against Green Bay. Who came out gun blazing from the jump? First drive. This is why I love the players so much. You never know. Everybody starts with a 0-0 zero, wreck. Zero what you did before doesn't matter. As we we're watching the pack, literally giving a clinic the cowboys Jerry jones were sick to his stuff ah oh, man he couldn't believe what he saw he couldn't believe even in the worst case scenario wouldn't look like what happened that day man jordan love ended up with 207 yards three touchdowns. he wasn't even touched by the defense michael Parsons was a non-factor this guy came into the game with a bobby boucher jersey but he was not non-factor. I never saw him on the screen. I don't remember seeing him in that I don't remember seeing him making a single play that mattered. Kudos to the Packers and Jordan Love, man. Shocking the world with a surprising win. And they are on their way to the divisional matchup. So because they're the 7th seed, we already know that they were facing the 49 And for the Cowboys, another year, another deception. Last year, beat down in the playoff by the Niners. The year before, they lose to the Niners. It's been a frequent 28 years to having reached the NFC Championship game. Okay, i I just say it like this. All right? Hey, you're good enough for Detroit, J. Yeah. Later that night, we had the best game the Los Angeles Rams, and the Detroit Lions. It was also first matchup between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Don't forget, they were traded for each other back in 2020. And really, that game is about relationships. You need harmony, synchronization. And you need a mutual understanding of each other. Sean McVay decided that their relationship with Jared Goff needed to come to an end simply because they couldn't be their best version of themselves. The Rams reached the Super Bowl in 2016 but lost to the New England Patriots. And the Rams were no longer convinced that we'll be able to be back to the big game with Jared. This is why they decided to make the move. On the other side, Stafford. Own veteran still in his prime had a lot left in the tank. When you and your partner felt like you reached the ceiling, Rams were in a position where they had two choices. Could have been more patient with Jared Goff and see if things could have worked out, or end the relationship and go with another solution. They did the trade. Boom. Stafford for the first time in his career will be with a winning organization, will he be enough to get the Rams over the hump? So the first year the Rams reached the Super Bowl and they actually win it in L.A., the Lions only win three games that season. Two years later, in a rebuilding year, Rams finally be the sixth seed and the Lions they win their first division title since 1993. Been 30 years that they haven't played a playoff game at home and win the division. So it was a great game, honestly. All phases, a lot of offense, competitive actions from the first drive. The Lions were real aggressive, real aggressive. Ran the ball convincingly. Jared Goff had a great game distributing the ball. Quarter first touchdown, the defense were able to make the Rams settle for threes and they managed to take a 14-3 lead in the first quarter. However, Matthew Stafford and receivers didn't let it slide like that. Pokunokua, crazy receiver this year. Beat the defender, gets the ball thrown up top, touchdown, 14-10. But then the Lions responded with another touchdown and then the Lions responded with another touchdown. So by the half, it's 21-17. Really had a great first half, fast tempo, lots of points. Second half, however, this is where things got slowed down, became more of a technical matchup. Every possession mattered. They only had an exchange of a couple of field goals. They only exchanged field goals. And at the end, the Lions were able to to sealed the deal and win that game. First playoff victory since 1992. God, it's been a long time. Happy for the city of Detroit, for Jared Golf, And really, they deserve to win. Like, truly happy for Dan Campbell, the city of Detroit, even for Matthew Stafford. Even though he lost along with his team, I'm pretty sure that he was happy about the experience that he was able to live. A lot of mixed emotions between the cheers, with all the bulls And honestly, just like every relationship, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing happiness on board parties after separation. Stafford was able to solidify his career with the ring, and golf still had the opportunity to write his own history in Detroit. Oh, and there he goes. No one's gonna get him! Incredible breaks it for the touchdown! 52 yards. The Steelers vs. Bills games was originally supposed to be played Saturday, but due to a major storm. You're a Steeler Nation, man, we travel everywhere. Good weather, bad weather. They show up. That's why I love my Steelers. We're tough. No snow gonna stop us. I saw a video of what the game would look like if it was played Sunday. Ain't no way, ain't no way it would have been possible. Too much snow, so much wind. So what they do, they decided to move the game from Sunday to Monday afternoon. And that's all right. It was a long weekend in the U.S. On Monday was Martin Luther King Day. So it's a time to remember the great MLK for all his actions, for all his good work his transcending message that lifted Black America. There was so much snow, man. The Bills even call out for shovelers. They tell you, if you come, we'll give you a shovel, and we'll pay you 20 bucks an hour if you help us get rid of that snow. Tough matchup for our Steelers facing Josh Allen. Red hot. Final way to get the number two seed and host a playoff game first drive of the bills took care of business right away had to mention that tj watt couldn't play so we were without legit the best defensive player in the league tough matchup for the steelers and mason rudolph but if i was being honest with myself i knew we couldn't get it done man bills were just too strong from the first drive score a td to dawson knox following drive Quick throw to Pickens. The guy fumbles the ball. And now the Bills right back up in our territory. They just attack a weakness to middle of the field. It would have a great seam route by Kincaid. Touchdown. 14-0. Just after 10 minutes of plays. So I don't know if we're built to come from behind like that. Then the following drive. Ryan Mood fumbles. But I don't know how they overturned it. Great for us. I managed to get in the red zone. Second and goal. We threw a pick in the end zone. we we'll are just demoralize after that. Bills got back down the field. Third and eight. They had their own 48 yard lines. Third and eight. Man coverage. Josh Holland. Get out of the pocket and just sprint. You sprint toward our defender. Do it like a fake slide. I don't know, man. Our player froze. And you see just Josh Allen bursting down the hole. That is 6'5", 250 pounds, 52-yard run. He Even do that big flex. And I was like, damn, I hate that. But fuck, I got to respect. I got to respect it. No one wanted to tackle him. It was him in the end zone. That's it. 21-0. What can we do after that? That's eh? 21-0. Shout out to Mike Tomlin and his team for showing resilience, effort. So we go down the field before the half, score a touchdown. Not bad. Still doable for a comeback. But in the second half, I felt like the Bills a little bit, they took their foot off gas. And they allowed us in a way to come back. Score a field goal, make it to 21-10. But unfortunately, that wasn't enough. They managed to run the ball in the fourth quarter with James Cook and with Josh Allen doing those fucking read options. Managed to increase their lead. They kept their lead and really from there was a wrap. A lot of calls that weren't made. But good effort fed by my Steelers. Still lose 31-17 to 17 and this is how our season ended has got the bad finger don't forget about that pushed from behind he didn't get it and a stop for the buccaneers defense we had the last matchup on martin luther king's day philadelphia eagles facing the tampa bay buccaneers both teams shows us who they exactly were the eagles despite a 10 and one start lost five of the last six games heading to the playoffs compared to the bucks who actually won five of their last matchups? So you could definitely see one is on a hot, one is on a cold streak, and both of their streaks stayed the same. The Buccaneers came out hot, scoring on their first four possessions. One quick free goal. The Eagles couldn't move the ball. Then they scored a touchdown. Crazy ass converted on third down on a little drag route for more. I don't know what happened. We see so many miscommunication on the Eagles defense, man. Both guys running into each other. Moore cut the ball. And he had two defenders in front of him cross both of them like they didn't matter and finish his way into the end zone. He had no business being in the end zone. Just poor effort from the Eagles on all parts in terms of covering, communication, and just simple tackle. When I look at the score, it was 16-3. The Eagles still find a way to score late in the second quarter because there was a penalty on the Buck side. They accepted it. They decide to go for two. And you know when things are not going well, when that one thing that you have, your super magic trick doesn't work. They try to go for two. They did the tush push and the tush push didn't work. I never saw that. The tush push is always good. When the tush push doesn't work, you know all hell break loose. Second half, not not much of a big story. Same thing. Eagles couldn't move the ball. They couldn't convert their third downs. They were 0 out of 9 on third down. 0 out of 2 on fourth. After a boring third quarter, except at the end of the quarter, it's third down. Baker drops back. Throws right to Palmer on a little curl route. Right? A five-yard curl route, man. Brad Berry couldn't make the tackle. And the guy finishing the end zone, man. On a little curl route. So many missed tackles during this game. Tackling, man. It's all about fucking angles. So Palmer breaks the tackle of Brad Berry, And he didn't even look at the safety. He just, he just cut inside and, and sprinted. Went through to him like a paper sheet. And at that exact moment... Eagles fall to mediocrity. They were struggling for the last two months. Down seven. They had a chance to still come back with that game in the third quarter, but they couldn't create nothing offensively. Todd Bull had a great game plan, which was to blitz it all. Every time they blame all blitz, they couldn't stop it, couldn't bring any protection, no adjustment when it comes to the offense. Play calling was just poor in all phases. They didn't run the ball. They didn't have no identity that game at all. And you see, like, everything falling apart. That was quite a sad, to be honest. You can see, like, the team quit. Team quit literally on Nick Sirianni. And even though they went to the Super Bowl last year, that Super Bowl hangover ain't no joke. 31-9. to 9. So that'll wrap up a wild card weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Play-Doh Win podcast. Make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to stay updated on the latest episodes. And let's keep this sport conversation going. It's your boy William. It's the Play to Win podcast. I'll see you next time. It's about competing, and it's about winning. That's why That's you, why you why play, the play the game. game. game.